Listen, I was going through some old couple preparing for my daughter's graduation and my son's graduation from college and I ran across a picture where the the, the University City Church back then was full gospel fellowship church we had our last service at first world first ward elementary school it was in the spring of 2000 and right before we went into the new building the new address the new location the last Sunday, and we'd been at that property for three years. Some of you all were there. If you remember anybody that was at the First Ward Elementary School, you all remember we had we were there for three years, and the Lord blessed us there. But it was time to go into the new campus, the new acreage, the brand spanking new building. My God, sitting on new chairs on that next Sunday. But who would have thought that that last Sunday we had to have church? outside in the parking lot the difference then was it was about 32 degrees because it was snowing on that sunday morning but instead of canceling the church services instead of not coming to church we went out there and had the fastest 10-minute church service you've ever seen in the parking lot of the school the following sunday we were in a new building on a new campus smelling the new the new furniture what do you say you know it takes crazy faith like tonight it takes creative faith like tonight that God's saying all things become brand new. And may I just prophesy, I know I don't have but a few minutes tonight, but I know it looks a little unawkward. It looks awkward to be here. It may look a little unorthodox to be out here. It may look a little crazy. And I know we have critics, and I know we have some saying it don't really take all that. But I believe the God that we serve, it is crazy faith. I believe it says, God, we just love you that much. We love you. We love your people. We love the house of God and the Bible says when two or three are gathered in his name, he's in the midst of us. So I know I need every one of you all to know, expect a miracle on this week. Expect a breakthrough on this week. Expect something you've been praying for, something you've been turning place over for, something you've been waiting on. I'm here to decree and declare it right now that something is going to come to pass in your life this week. Just the fact that you said yes to the Lord. Just the fact that you said yes to the Lord. I'm here to speak right now. I woke up early this morning and told my wife, I said, baby, I'm believing God in that one, not two, not three, but there's about four things we'll believe in you do in our family and I'm just going to prophesy by the end of this week. I don't know if I can wait till Saturday. I don't know if I can wait till the end of June, July, or August, but I'm just prophesying and saying, Lord, by the end of this week, things that we've been praying for, things we've been fasting for, things we've been waiting on, that the Lord triumphant mighty in battle shall do. I thought about those four boys. In fact, it was five of them, if the truth be told. Man was crippled on his head. But because the Bible says the house was so crowded, they could not bring him to see Jesus through the front doors. There was no back door. But somebody had a bright idea. Let's get creative here. I know you can't talk to your neighbor, but just holler at somebody next to you and say, neighbor, let's be creative here. Let's stretch our faith here. So the Bible says that they went up on the rooftop.
broke open the roof, uh, let the bed down through the roof uh, so that the man could get to Jesus. Uh, and the Bible said not only did he get healed, but every one of them got celebrated for their faith. Sometimes it takes a little bit of crazy faith. Sometimes it takes a little breakthrough faith uh, to receive what you want from God. And you could have been home watching reruns of golf, reruns of the Final Four. You could have been home watching reruns of your favorite show. But you said, I'm going to come out to the house of God. And we're honoring social distancing. We're honoring six feet rules. But we go come together and give the Lord a praise. We go come together as often as you do this. Do this in remembrance of me. Taking the body, we're taking the bread, we're taking the blood, we're taking the wine, and we're honoring, commemorating, remembering of what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. And by his stripes, we are healed. We pray tonight for those that are bereaving the loved ones of those that have been lost, particularly in the north. We, we, we stand in agreement with those right now that are believing God for full healing and complete healing right now. But at the same time, we're taking this season in our lives to reset some things, reorganize some things, and rebuild some things. And I want to encourage every one of you tonight to make no small plans. Make no small plans. I believe that the Lord would not have allowed us to go through this season globally, nationally, regionally, locally, in our church, if he didn't have something big on the other side of all of this. Friends, if there's ever been a time to, accept, to extend your faith, now is the time. If there's ever been a time to dream big dreams, now is the time. Uh, the vision statement out of the glove compartment or out of the file cabinet. Wipe out the dust. Bring it back front and live. Now is the time. Many of us will look back at COVID-19 somewhere between late February and March to May and June. And we'll remember these 90 days or so. And we'll remember for years and years that comes that the Lord delay is coming. That that very well might have been one of the most intricate, important, strategic times in our lives. It has caused all of us to slow down and to embrace those our children, our visions, and our dreams. And so with that being said tonight, the Bible says that Jesus sat with the disciples. And this was during the Passover. And it was at that Passover, and I want to take you just briefly. In fact, I'll read it from the context of Paul in 1 Corinthians. And as we prepare ourselves for communion on tonight, for those that are joining us online, I want to say welcome to you. And I want to say, first of all, thank you for joining the online broadcast. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not fooled or flattered to think that we're the only buddy streaming on Sundays. I thank God for those who support the city church, support the ministry of the church. But right now, you got about 10,000 options every Sunday morning. So thank you for joining us. And thank you for joining us tonight. If there are those members in the church and you were not able to come tonight, but you desire Holy Communion, we will gladly and generously make sure that an elder and a wife or an elder and another elder, that somebody will bring communion to your home or to your workplace or wherever it is you desire to take communion. All you have to do is reach out to us online. You can call the front offices. You can send us an email. Or you can even go online and, 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 and meet us on one of the social media handles. But we desire that everyone who desires Holy Communion in this season can take it and without any hindrance. 
For those of you that are watching, and maybe you're in the Huntersville or the North Mech area, we want to say to you, welcome tonight. We've not lost our minds, but we do have the mind of Christ. We're not just uh, operating in crazy faith, but we believe in activated faith. And so we're here tonight praying for those such as yourselves that are believing God who are unemployed right now. There are others who are underemployed. But let, let me encourage your hearts tonight. Let, your, let not your heart be troubled. For I believe God has a purpose and a plan even for this season at home. And so tonight with that being said, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is a very familiar verse that we often read in our tradition as we prepare ourselves for Holy Communion. The Bible reads in 1 Corinthians 11, For I have received from the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that on the same night which the Lord Jesus, on the same night which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat, this is my body which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant. Would you say new covenant? Come on, everybody, say new covenant. God gave me a word about a month or so ago on newness. I haven't preached it yet, but I believe it will be the last message I'll preach before we come back to the campus. I want to talk about the newness. When we go back to the Passover in Exodus chapter 12, you know the passage of Scripture was the blood spare Israel from the plague of Egypt. But what you may not realize is that you got to go back to verse 1. And God says, oh, Moses, this is going to be a new year for you. And I don't care if it's January. I don't care if it's June or August or September. I don't care what the chronicle Gregorian calendar date is. But for you, my friend, it'll be a brand new year. And I heard the Lord say, tell everybody at City Church that it may be well into April. It may be well into May. It may be well into June. But it's going to be a new year for you because in this new year, there'll be new beginnings. And with new beginnings, there are new opportunities. And with new opportunities, there's new mercies. And you don't have to be bound or shamed or condemned because of the sins of the past. And I know I'm preaching a little bit ahead of time, but I just need everybody to know tonight. There is a new year coming your way. And you don't have to wait to December 31st to celebrate. You won't have to wait to January 1st, 2021 to celebrate. But there's a new mention, a new anointing, and it's coming your way. So if I could just give you a prelude and just sort of a, a pre-check of things to come, you go home and continue to write the vision, continue to write the dream, get your family together and begin to think big and see what God is going to do on the other side of all of this. Because God gave the new covenant, the new testament, and the newness of life, and he comes through Jesus Christ. You know the rest of the story. Jesus would die three days later. He would have been tried. Sister Pat brought it out during our Good Friday night service, but not once, not twice, not three times. But Jesus would have gone through six layers of trial, from Caiaphas to all of the different Pharaoh, uh, all of the different leaders of Sadducees and Pharisees and the scribes, to Pilate, back to Caiaphas. Six times he would have gone through some layer of trial, and though he was innocent and without sin and without fault, they said we'd rather have Barabbas than Jesus. We'd rather have this murderer than Jesus. So you know the story. Jesus, he was tried and found guilty. They hung him high on a cross. And it wasn't a cross. And I know that the European model and the European looks make it look as if he was heal far away. That wasn't the way of killing people publicly. They put him on the corner of Trade and Tryon Street. They put him on the most well-trafficked road in Jerusalem. So everybody could see. Not way up on a hill that is painted on a portrait. 
It'll have been front and center so you could see vividly and closely and directly and up front what a criminal would look like. So they hung him high. And you know that he died on that cross. He gave up the ghost, breathed his last breath, and said, it is finished. And he was buried three days in the tomb that was kept aside by Joseph of Arimathea. And it was in that tomb that he lied dead. He wasn't in a coma. He wasn't in a deep sleep. But he died. And in that grave, he was dead. But in those three days, he had revival in hell. He went down to hell and grabbed the keys of death, grabbed the keys of hell, and said, now all power is in my hand. All authority is in my hand. And before he left hell, he gave an altar call to everybody who wanted to receive him right then and there. And so the Bible says, early Sunday morning, they went to get the body. They went to take out the tomb, but the stone had been rolled away. And thanks be unto God that the Jesus that they crucified has risen from the dead. You know, I had to realize this. I'm so sorry I'm showing a little of my ignorance tonight. But I thought that he kind of hung around for a day or two and high-fived a couple of the disciples and went on to heaven, right? The Bible says he stayed on the earth for 40 days teaching the kingdom, teaching and preaching and living and ministering, not for 40 entire, over a month and a, almost a month and a half. He lived on the earth back up in the Galilees. So it would have been no shadow of doubt that he was seen, not just by 12, not just by 120, but he was seen by a whole lot of people. And this is why the Bible says that there were at least 320 in the upper room. What are you saying tonight? Jesus lived. He died. He was buried. And he rose again. But before he raptures the church, he gave the church a sacrament. In the Catholic church, there are seven sacraments. Today, there are seven sacraments that are honored today in the Catholic tradition. In the Protestant tradition, there are only two that we really are honoring. And that is Holy Communion, right, and water baptism. Some people talk about Christian or children's babies baptism. But technically, Holy Baptism, or Holy Communion is the Eucharist. So Jesus said, until I come, I want you to take the blood which represents, or the wine which represents my blood. And take the bread which represents my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you can. Some people, it's once a month. Some, it's once a week. Some, it's once a year. And we're really not a judge to tell people what's right or wrong. But as often as you do this, I want you to do this actively calling me to mind. Knowing that it brings humility. Knowing that it brings honor. Knowing that it brings healing. Would you say that with me? Humility, honor, and healing. And this is why Paul gave the instructions. Be very careful when you take communion unworthily. Many people have fallen asleep early. In other words, they have prematurely died. Others are sick among you. So when you come for communion, we examine ourselves. We pause in humility and ask, am I in right standing with God? Is there any unconfessed sin in my life? What more can I work on in my prayer life, my, my word, my witness, my boldness, my stand for the Lord? And then we take communion. I say that tonight because this was a public communion service. And I think it would be a tragedy if we just opened the sacredness and the sanctity of communion for men and women who have no clue of the gospel. I grew up in a tradition to where there was only one requirement for taking Holy Communion. And that is that you're saved. That is that you've made a commitment to serve the Lord. 
So I don't want to offer communion tonight to anyone who thinks it's just a, a feel good or a good positive thing to do. You have to know tonight that you're only reacting and continuing on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And with that being said tonight, I want to pray with you. And the first order of prayer is your walk with the Lord, your salvation. Perhaps it's a short moment of, of being reminded of the value of repentance. Being reminded of the value of repentance. So heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And for my friends that are watching this online tonight, I'll start with you. Thank you for joining the broadcast. Thank you for being on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and on the website. We certainly appreciate you being with us tonight. But perhaps the greatest outcome and the greatest objective of tonight is your walk with the Lord. As we begin to play the music softly, I just need you to hear me just for a quick moment. Have you ever really made a commitment to serve Jesus Christ? I mean, has it ever really crossed your radar that is a little bit more than church membership, a little bit more than kind of feeling, you know, positive and spiritual? But walking and serving the Lord starts with admitting I am a sinner. It starts with believing the gospel. He lived, he died, he was buried, and Jesus rose from the dead, and he's coming back. Being saved or being committed to Jesus is about confessing and, 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 and committing to the Lord. And I want to pray with you online. And I want to pray for everyone here tonight. For some, maybe, who, who would have thought? You just kind of came out because you heard it on the media. You just kind of came out because, you know, I saw it online. But the greatest gift you can give is not crazy faith and a little warm fellowship tonight. The greatest gift you can give is your life to Jesus. And on this first Sunday of May 2020, outside, I offer you the gift of salvation. So whether you're in this parking lot, whether you're watching this broadcast now, or maybe you'll watch the replay and the rewind of it later. Let's pray this prayer. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe that you're up to something big in this hour. And I concur with many that revival is on the doorsteps of the church. Revival is on the doorsteps of our world. Revival is not just the saved or the lost being found, but it's the saved getting serious. And may we be more determined and more serious than ever before about the things of the kingdom, the things of Jesus. For my brothers and sisters online and those that are here, I want you to repeat this word, repeat these words after me. In fact, the entire church outside and outdoors will pray this prayer out loud together. Come on, say this with me, Lord Jesus. Forgive me for all of my sins. I do believe in my heart. And this evening I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is King of Kings. He is Lord of all. I receive the gift of salvation tonight that I may be saved. Forgive me for all of my sins. I receive the gift of salvation that I may be a child of God, that I may be saved. I thank you tonight that if any man, that if any woman be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become brand new. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit that I may do your will and that with joy. In Christ's name we pray. Come on, let's say amen. 